is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! <laughs> okay, here we are. Another Wednesday in this fine month of December. Glad you uh, have tuned in, clicked whatever you have to do to stream this here devotional podcast thing. I uh, want to touch on one thing real quick, and that is uh, the parade happened this past weekend. And uh, you might be thinking, how did that go? It went, it went okay. Here's the thing. The band was on the parade. It's supposed to be on the parade. It's really fun and exciting. I love doing it. And leading up into Saturday, it was a 90% chance of rain. Everybody on the news was like, it's going to get rain. You're going to get poured on, right? So day of, I think it was at 80%. And uh, everywhere you looked, you're like, yeah, it's going to rain. So what did I do after consulting with my sound guy? We canceled the band. So we'll still go through the parade because it was a rain or shine. There just won't be a band because we have thousands of dollars worth of equipment that we don't want to get wet. Reasonable, right? Right. Well, we did that, and guess what? Didn't rain. Didn't rain at all. Crazy. Last year, no forecast of rain at whatsoever. Clear blue sky during the day, the most beautiful day I've ever seen in my life. The moment we started moving for the parade, downpour. This year, everybody's telling us it's raining all day long. And guess what? No rain. So, it's ridiculous. I'm never canceling the band again. We're going. So, that was that. Uh, moving on. Secondly, it's been a while since I've uh, thrown a good old blooper on here. And my buddy Will, he, uh, he, he said, I made the blooper reel. And uh, he sure did. So, let's go ahead and play that blooper reel uh, bumper. And let's get into it. Lord Jesus. Alright. Now we're playing, uh, but I'm going to set it up for you. We're playing a song called Break Every Chain. Starts with just piano. Just the whole song is a build. We're just building, adding stuff. And there's one part, there's instrumentals throughout, and it just plays this one lead lick. And uh, and Will had the first, like, it, this. it's just right out in front. So check this out. So there you have it, a good little blooper to start out your Wednesday. It's fun. It was fun. It's good stuff. He played it, and I was like, hmm. But then guess what? It, it repeats, and he nailed it every other time after that. So 
We just had to get it on the right page. And he said he's the king of bloopers, but I said, I think I've, I still have that crown because I've probably screwed up way more than everybody else here. But I'm on stage every week, so you would think that. But So it's all good, but I want to share that with you. Yeah, fun stuff. But today we're going to talk, let's get right into the devotional. Today we're going to talk about the most misinterpreted verse in the Bible. Maybe it's not the most misinterpreted. I can't actually back that up with any kind of claim. Uh, you know, with like actual numbers or studies or anything like that. But I'm sure it's like at least in the top five of most interpreted verses. Misinterpreted. Misinterpreted. Uh, this came to me because I used another verse, uh, teaching at the men's, um, morning devotional thing, uh, last Thursday. Um, and I used a verse that's probably the second most misinterpreted ever. Again, no actual evidence, but in the message for the men's ministry the other day, I said, um, I used a verse from Matthew and I'm sure we're all, uh, Familiar with it, and it says, when two or more gathered in my name, I am there. Right? Now, the verse, I even explained that. The verse is actually talking about church conflict. Matthew is talking about how to handle conflict within the church and all that. Um, you're supposed to go to that person, talk about it. Then if it doesn't, if they don't want to listen to you, then you go to a church elder. That kind of thing. And in the, within that, God is going to be there. Like, when two or more gathered in Jesus' name, he'll be there. Now, even though it's about church discipline or, you know, like handling conflict and all that, I think that's one of the few verses we can take at face value. We can just read that verse, when two or more are gathered in my name, I am there. And I, I believe that that is true, regardless of what the context is that that verse comes from. Because when we, I just feel like anytime we're gathered in his name, he's going to be there. That's just what I think. It's what I believe. But today's scripture that is misinterpreted so frequently is Philippians 4.13. And I think the translation is one of the keys why it's misinterpreted. And I'm going to get a little wild here and use the King James Version because there's something in the King James Version translation that I think probably slips some people up. And so here it is. I'm going to read it and... Uh, now, here's the thing. I'm going to read it, King James Version, but what happens is somebody has taken that verse, King James Version, changed, a, like, changed it a little bit to sound a little better, and then put it on bumper stickers, and that's how we know it. So, for Philippians 4.13 said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Most people say, which strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Now, as I read that, and it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I'm like, what? I can do all things through him who strengthens me? Can you? All things? All things. That's what you're saying. Every single thing you can do because Christ strengthens you. That's what you're saying. I can go bench press a 18-wheeler. I mean, I have the strengtheneth, right? I can go jump off a cliff and fly because I'm strengthened. You're telling me you can go and time travel because God gives you strength? No, that's ridiculous. That's, that's crazy. Now, let's read the NIV translation and see if it's any different. 
let's see if we can get anything right. So verse Philippians uh, 4.13 in the NIV version says, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Hmm, I see. This version says that I can do all of this through him that gives me strength. This. What could this be referring to? It's just one, one word that's different here. So I'm like, what, what could this be? Let's read the previous verses and see. So Philippians 4, 10 through 13. Let's go all the way back to 10. Let's get crazy. So here we go. I rejoiced greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed my concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Oh, okay. This verse is not talking about the ability to do all things. It's not telling us we can go dream something up and do it because uh, he strengthens us. No, we are able to be content in any situation because he strengthens us. Now, that's a pretty big difference, don't you think? But a lot of people, and this is like specifically maybe people who don't read Scripture very often or Christians who just kind of hear this verse alone and they automatically think, nothing is impossible to me if God is on my side. No. There is a lot you're not going to be able to do or accomplish in life. That verse doesn't say you can Context is the key. If you hear a scripture that sounds like you can be transformed into some sort of superhero, you should probably read the verse before and after and, you know, get the context. Figure out what's being said. Now this verse that I just read, Philippians 4.13, is also confused, or kind of like put in the same boat with another verse, which is kind of similar, and that is of Luke 1.37. I actually have Luke 137 on my family room wall because it's just, you know, a nice, encouraging scripture. But this scripture is also frequently misinterpreted as well. Again, because I think the translations differ drastically depending on what you see. So here we go again. And this is again, this is famous from the King James Version. Here's what it says. So Luke 137, King James Version. For, the, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. So you can see how Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who gives me strength, and this scripture, for with God, nothing shall be impossible, kind of works hand in hand in maybe the misinterpretation of each scripture, right? Now, this scripture alone, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. I, I ask again, nothing? Nothing shall be impossible for us. Come on. You know there's things that are going to be impossible for us. But here's the crazy part. Let's look at the NIV translation. Oh, and by the way, I don't, I don't want you to think that I'm here to say that King James Version is trash, NIV is better, or you should look at the CSV or the ESV or the all the other uh, letters of different translations. There's so many translations. I'm not saying one is better than the other. Know that. Take a note. Pastor Adam's not saying that. But they're different, and, the, and, and we need to get context from it. 
That's what I'm saying. I'm really saying let's get some context, regardless of what translation. So let's read the King James Version and compare it to the NIV for Luke 137. So here we go. King James Version 37. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Now here's the NIV version, which after reading it and comparing it, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Here's the NIV version. For no word from God will, will ever fail. I mean, that's a pretty big difference in translation, wouldn't you say? Now here is where the doubters, the atheists, the naysayers, all those people who don't believe in the legitimacy of the Bible will say, I told you the Bible's flawed and it isn't real. They don't even line up from translation to translation. How can you believe anything that it's said? And I'll say, hey, let's pump the brakes a minute. Let's go back and look and get some context here from both translations because you have two these two verses which are drastically different. And if we only take those two verses without looking at anything else, we can jump to some pretty big conclusions. So let's go NIV version from verse 35. And it says this, The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. So, the scripture is telling us, and that's kind of like the beginning of the Christmas story, is telling an angel, an angel is speaking to Mary, telling her about what's going to happen to her. She's going to be giving birth to the Son of God, and that her relative, who's old and has been said she can't conceive and have kids, she is in her sixth month, and, and that God will make it happen. And because if he says something's going to happen, he's going to do it. His word never fails. So that's pretty much what that is saying. Now, if we go back to the King James Version, which has the drastically different interpret, um, translation, uh, we now, this is also in KJV. Uh, it's going to be a little difficult for me to read this. So just go with me, because there's a lot of THs on the end of words and stuff like that. So here we go. Verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age, and this is in the sixth month of her, who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Oh, weird. It says the exact same thing. Who would have thought? And we had that key difference in verse 37, but both of those translations mean the same thing if we read the context. If we take them verse alone, different translations though, we jump to conclusions, we start saying that it means something that it doesn't. That's how misinterpretations happen. So, what's the moral of the story? The point of this, Devo, you may ask. Well... Number one, just don't read one verse alone and think you know what it's saying. Don't do it. It'll get you in trouble. You heard it here. And number two, go get context. You know, a lot of people argue with other people and they're like, let me find a scripture that says something about this that proves my point. And then they send it to you. And then you might end up looking dumb because you used one verse, but you read the context and they're like, what are you even saying? 
be careful. Let's get context before we say anything. And also, don't use the Bible as a weapon. That's another. That's the third underlying point. You know. So we had a lot of good stuff. Today. Good times today. We learned about a parade that didn't rain. You know what? In that parade, if you'd have just given me one minute of downpour, I'd have felt a little better. But that whole time I'm uh, cruising through town, standing there waving, and people are like, what is he doing? Who's this guy? He's just waving like an idiot. I'm like, yeah, that's me. Supposed to be a band up here, but I'm just going to wave. And they're like, okay. Uh, just give me a little bit. Give me one minute, 30 seconds even, of just a downpour, and I'll go, okay. See, everything would have got wet. We're good. But no, instead I sit there waving. Hi. Hey, do you know me? I didn't. No, you don't. I know. Hey, who's that guy, Mom? I have no idea. That's how it was. I had pews. I could have been sitting there, but if we're all sitting there, it would have been looking weird. I just felt like I needed a sash, some sort of tiara. Then that'd be like, that'd be even weirder. But at least, you know what I'm saying. And then we had the fun little clam by Will and the guitar. Good stuff. If you liked this and thought you learned something today, maybe, hopefully, share it, tell people about it, get the word out about Pastor Adam's podcast devotional slash thingy on Wednesdays. Let's do that. All right, you have a good week, and I'll see you next time.